Welcome to the New Hope Podcast. Our mission at New Hope is to engage our city with the love of Jesus, one relationship at a time. We pray this message encourages you in encountering God's love and displaying it to your city. We hope to see you soon. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. We're continuing in our Ten Commandments series. And this week in Exodus 20 verse 15 is our text, commandment number eight, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. We've talked about this, but let me give a quick summary as we kind of summarize the first seven commandments leading up to this one, is that we see that the commandments are kind of broken up into uh, two sections, really summarized in the first four, our relationship to God and how we are to honor Him and love Him. And then commandments five through ten are largely focused on our relationship to others and how we love others. And so we summarize all the Ten Commandments and all of the law and really all of Scripture as simply this, love God and love people. All the commandments can be summarized into that. And so when we look at you shall not steal, it is an action, but we're going to get into more detail. Why should we not steal and understand how it relates to loving our neighbor? And so when we talked about, for example, you shall not murder. We talked about how or the reason why we should not murder is because that all of mankind is created in the image of God and we are to honor them as such. Well, it's very similar foundational truth when it comes to thou shall not steal. It's because we recognize that all people are created in the image of God and there's a lot of details that we're going to unpack, but it's a, it's a way that we love others really well. This commandment speaks to our respect for our neighbor's person and property. If we we really believe in God's providence, that means providence is, is the word that means that God's control and that he's sovereign and that he's working in all things, whether we can see it or not. So if we really believe in God's providence, which we believe Scripture teaches that God's sovereign and in control of all things, But if we really believe in God's province, if we really believe that our neighbor is made in the image of God, and if we really care about community more than we care about ourselves, then we will never distrust God's providence so as to take from someone else something that does not belong to us. We will never steal from our neighbor to provide for our own. We will never do injury to our neighbor's welfare, knowing that he and she are image bearers, knowing that sin against them is a sin against the community knowing that God provides for us. When we think about stealing, uh, I just kind of try to find some facts this week about theft. And and so there's a lot of different numbers depending on who's doing the research, but there are recorded about 10 million acts of theft in America every single year. There's a lot of, those those are reported that are prosecuted and dealt with. And so theft is a thing, uh, no doubt, from just from the legal criminal side of things. But here's something really interesting as I begin to research a little bit, that there are 10 times more stolen from American businesses by employees than is stolen in street crime. Let me say that again. 10 times more is stolen by, in American business by employees than from those coming outside. So instead of like a shoplifter coming and stealing something, 10 times more is stolen by employees. It begs the question, okay, how's that? How? How? right? It is stolen by potentially lying about hours, right? Money that is, that is given from the company to you that was not earned. By taking supplies from a company, by stealing goods from a company, by abuse of expense accounts on a whole host of other ways. 
heard a story, kind of a joking point to make the point, is that a, a kid uh, took some pencils from school, and when he got home, uh, his dad was like, hey, why did you take some pencils from school? I could have just grabbed some from my work and brought them to you. And it's like, oh, it kind of defeats the purpose, right? You're, you're telling your kid not to steal, but it's this idea. But my point is, there's this mindset a lot of times within our workplaces that, hey, well, it's technically I work there, and so I can take it for mine and use it for personal use. And because of that, there's a lot stolen. Here, here's a fact that I don't know that I, I, I struggle to believe, but I just want to throw this number out there. I found in research, one person said that there's $350 billion a year in a loss that is lost to businesses through reporting of dishonest sick days by employees. $350 billion a year of people saying, I'm sick, and therefore someone else has to come and work their shift, and two people get paid for one shift when someone's actually not sick. Man, that was, that was challenging and convicting, but the truth is, is that is under this commandment, thou shalt not steal. Whatever the precise accuracy of different numbers that we look up, it is clear that stealing has community effects. And one of the things I want us to look at tonight is that stealing, when we steal from someone, it's not just an individual crime towards another individual, but it very much affects the community. For example, I found a statistic that said that goods and services are approximately 15% higher than they would need to be if theft wasn't such an epidemic. Right? I remember the moments when McDonald's actually had a dollar menu and the dollar menu was actually a dollar, right? Uh, just think, well, if there wasn't, you know, some, I, I just want my dollar biscuit again. But think about, think, about, think about this. If theft wasn't such an issue, deflation by 15%. Think what that would mean for our economy. Deflation by 15%. So here's the point, is when we think about theft, it actually affects the community as a whole, and it is an epidemic. And so what we want to do is we want to look at Scripture, and I want to, we want to unpack exactly what this means. And I just want to challenge you, like we have with every other commandment, is that it is a straightforward commandment. Thou shalt not murder. It means exactly what it says. Thou shalt not steal. It means exactly what it says. But I want us to see also, as we begin to unpack these in Scripture, I know one of the things I've been challenged with is... Um, as we think about, for example, thou shalt not murder, be like, I've never murdered someone. Okay, next commandment, move on. But as, actually, as we unpack Scripture and look at it, Jesus tells us that if we have hatred for someone, then we've murdered them in our heart. And we realize that actually these are, all of these commandments apply to us way more than we think on our initial reading. And I think this will be true for us. So I want to encourage you just to approach God's Word in a uh, humble way and just listen to what He says. So in Luke, or excuse me, Exodus chapter 20, Verse 15, thou shalt not steal. Now, I want you to notice about this, that there are no really conditions to it. It says, thou shalt not steal on, on Wednesdays. You know, but you can steal every other day of the week. You know, like it, do, it doesn't say that. There's not a condition. It, it doesn't say, thou shalt not steal uh, food, but you can steal property. Like, okay, so there's not a when, there's not a what, there's not a why, there's not any conditions to this. It's just straight up, thou shalt not steal. However, Scripture does go on from there and begin to give some specifics to make sure that we understand. So, for example, in Exodus 21, if you just want to flip, uh, flip the page, Exodus 21 Verse 16 says this, whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him, he shall be put to death. So it's taking this eighth commandment, making it very clear, thou shalt not steal applies to kidnapping, right? I think we get that. Hopefully we're good with that. Thou shalt not kidnap. This is in the category of steal. 
in Exodus 22, 1 and 2, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief is found breaking in and struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. And it goes on to explain some other things. But here it's simply saying, not only can you not steal people, but you can't steal animals and property. All right? So, thou shalt not steal covers that. Leviticus 19, you don't have to flip there, but if you want to write it down, this was one that I think is just really helpful and encouraging to us that, that's just a challenge, honestly. Leviticus 19, 13, you shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. It's, it's a saying that under this thou shall not steal, this 10th commandment, it's saying is that you must pay workers a fair wage and that you must take care of your employees, that you must not use and abuse those that God has entrusted as help to you. The, the phrase, the wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. Think about it. Why, 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 why is it a big deal whether I keep the wages overnight? It's because a lot of times God understands is that many of us may work paycheck to paycheck or many of us need resources now. And it is our responsibility if God's blessed us in order to have people work for us or in order as an employers to honor and pay them in time and in due so that they can have their needs met. It's a matter of caring for them. It's a matter of loving them. And as we begin to see that as we think about this, it's a matter of just truly recognizing man as created in God's image. So looking at the Old Testament, we're going to look at the New Testament. But in short, just to summarize, the Old Testament forbids all manner of stealing under the command. Burglary, kidnapping, robbery, stealing, theft, white-collar crime, and wrongful treatment of people in economic relationships. It requires that we respect our neighbor's life, their liberty, and their property. In some, to summarize the Old Testament, God is commanding us in his word here to refrain from any manner of depriving our neighbor what belongs to him or her, whether it's his or her life or his or her property. Thou shalt not steal encompasses how we treat others in their life and their property in the Old Testament. As we turn to the New Testament now, if we want to look at some New Testament examples, we see this Eighth Commandment applied in various ways. First, I want to draw your attention to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, uh, we've got um, a gentleman coming to Jesus and going, hey, what must I do to be saved? And God and Jesus says to him, hey, basically keep the commandments. And he responds, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. What are those? Those are a summary of the Ten Commandments. He's summarizing the Ten Commandments, specifically the ones as it relates to, to others. And eventually the young man walks away sad because Jesus then says, because he says, I've done all that. And he says, okay, now sell all that you have and give to others in need. It's really a challenge to, he's, what he's saying is you can keep the letter of the Ten Commandments, but miss that the Ten Commandments are calling you to love your neighbor really well. It's calling you to love others well. And so if you really are keeping these commandments, which means you'll really love others well, then sell your possessions and give to them so that you might meet their needs. And gentleman walks away sad for he had many things, beginning to see that this is a heart attitude, especially in the New Testament. We see this a lot more. It's a heart attitude as it deals with how we relate to others. Romans chapter 13 is a great text that deals with how we just love others. 
right? Just love others. For the, and it says in verse 9, Romans 13, 9, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you haven't figured it out by now, all of these commandments are just specific ways that reveal how we do or don't love other people well who are created in the image of God. Romans 13 makes that clear. Luke chapter 3, we see some soldiers coming to Jesus, and it says, the soldiers asked him, and we, what shall we do? And now that is responding in faith, they're responding in faith, and they go, what shall we do? And Jesus responds, do not extort money from anyone, right? That's, that's stealing, by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages, it's a challenge to them that now, as a response of faith, the response of following Christ, it affects how you deal and how you treat others in theft. The New Testament views obedience to this command as part of the life change that comes when God gives you new life in Christ. Ephesians 4.28, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that me, he may have something to share with anyone in need. This is interesting. In Titus chapter 2, Paul's writing to slaves, and he says, Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. What does he mean? In other words, he is saying that as these Christian slaves, uh, they are the fact that they refrain from stealing from their master will be a witness to your master for the truth of your conversion and to the grace of God our Savior in Jesus Christ. Well, this can be applied to us as we think about uh, us as employees, how we handle with integrity the resources that the employer has entrusted to us, whether it be our time card, whether it be our sick days, whether it be other things that we have access to. I mean, this is just a small example, but we have a church, our church offices in our house, and, and our kids like to use paper. And there's been times where we've replaced that paper because we recognize the church originally bought the big box of reams of paper, and our kids take some paper, and then we at times will come back and go, well, we need to replace that paper. As simple as it is, for us, it's a, it's a matter of integrity. It's a matter of going, hey, that's not ours. We didn't pay for that. They didn't pay for that. God, God's people entrusted us to be faithful with those resources, and it would be real easy for me to just run out of paper because our kids used all the paper and have the church buy more paper. But the point is it's small things of how we represent and are faithful to this commandment. I just want to even take a moment here, and I've already mentioned it with the, the number that's still appalling to me, that $350 billion a year is lost simply due to sick days that aren't sick days. And I just want to lovingly say, because I haven't really found the right opportunity to say this, but there have been many moments in, in the last few years where I've had a conversation where I saw someone and said, hey, did you take off today because we're at an event? I'm like, no, I took a sick day. And I just, I just want to honestly say, like, I think that's stealing. Like, I, I just, like, I understand it's a cultural thing. I had a, there was someone, uh, had a conversation with a guy this morning who's about to go out of town. Um, and he said, because he's going to a wedding in Texas, and he said, I'm taking off uh, Friday to Monday, and then I can already tell you I'm probably going to be sick Monday night, and I'll be off Tuesday as well. And I just went, hey, that's, that's, I think that's stealing. Like, I don't, I mean, call me legalistic, but I think we as the church are called to a, 
to full integrity no matter what. And so I just want to challenge, like, I think that matters because it affects others and it affects different things. Paul would write this in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 10. He's talking about the people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to notice this. But then he says this in verse 11, and such were some of you. This is what you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The reality is when we look at the Ten Commandments, all of us have broken many, if not all, of the Ten Commandments the way that Scripture unpacks them. You go, well, I've never murdered. Okay, well, I gave the example already. If you've had anger in your heart for someone, Scripture says you've already murdered them in your heart, speaking to the heart motive that is taking place. And so for us, this is what we were. But here's the good news, is that God calls us to that holy standard, but at the same time, we recognize as we have not lived up to that standard, that he has provided a sacrifice in our place, that we are no longer thieves and greedy and drunkards and revilers, but that's what we were, past tense. But you have been washed, you have been sanctified, and you have been justified in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's how we are able to gather and worship with joy and adoration, because we know that our sins of thievery are not held against us if we've turned to the Lord and trusted in Him. We looked at the Old Testament. We looked at the New Testament. Now, I just want to give a few examples. I've already given some, but I want to give a few examples of how we see stealing in everyday life today. Now, we can immediately think of the immediate examples of the criminal acts, but as we already seen, there's 10 times more theft that has taken place by employees than street burglars. And so, what are some ways that we do this? One of the ways that stealing happens today is cheating, whether it be cheating on a test, whether it be cheating in the workplace. It's often sometimes known as maybe the word of plagiarism. But cheating steals others' labors and products and ideas for our own selfish interests. I want to challenge us to whatever it may be, whether it be intellectual property or whether it be cheating on a task to make things easier or, or whatever it may be, anywhere we, we take other people's things in order to propel our self-interests and our self-desires, uh, it is stealing. Even if is, there's not monetary to it, it may be even intellectual. Cheating is, is a form of theft that I think sometimes we just can ignore in our culture and not treat it as a big deal. But it is a big deal, and the church is called to be faithful. One of the common things that I think we see is that one of the challenges to us Christians is, is how we defraud others in business dealings and how we deal with integrity in business. You know, when I begin to think about, I don't know if this is a, this is a, a true stereotype, and if you are a used car salesman, I, I just want you to know, I believe you don't fit this stereotype. Um, but... <laughs> But there's this stereotype because, for me, that used car salesmen can be a little slick and sly because I'm ignorant about cars. Like, I know nothing about cars. I I mean, like, absolutely nothing. Like, the gas goes here. The key goes here. There's lights on here. Oh, it's Christmas time. Wonderful. I don't know what all these lights on the dashboard mean, but it just is all pretty. We'll just keep driving it, even though all these lights are blinking at me. That's how I treat cars. So if I'm going to go buy a new car, like, I just already immediately go, how are you going to take my money? Like, how, how are you, you like, but, but here's the thing. I remember, um, I remember encountering a used car uh, dealer in the, in the South who uh, was a Christian, and um, unfortunately, there was a reputation that he was no different uh, within the church. And, and um, truthfully, 
I remember, uh, I didn't say this to him. I didn't have, uh, uh, I just didn't have the courage to say this to him. But I remember one time he was telling me, uh, knowing his reputation, he was telling me that he was passing out Bibles with every car he sold. And I, I just remember thinking this moment, like, that's good. I'm grateful that you're trying to be a witness to who Christ is. But how about we just change the reputation? And how about we just make sure that we just deal with people in such a way as Christians to honor them and let our witness be how we treat others and not whatever. And, and once again, reputation, I don't really know. I'm just using it as an illustration. But you get the idea. Is in our business dealings, how are we honest? How are we honest in our contracts with others and how we deal with others in the workplace? Those are ways that we see stealing happen every day in life today. Taking advantage of the poor using our power and our authority to find moments where we can, uh, we can use and abuse others and not give them what is due and to take from them our ways of stealing. And, and here's an here's a overly Christian one, but I think is an honest one, is how do we, we steal often in how we deal with our Christian giving. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 says this, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you, God? And he responds in your tithes and your contributions. Now, someone in here goes, yep, I knew it. The preacher was going to bring about money up in this somehow. Uh, but I need, I need you to know, like, if you've been around New Hope a lot, I'm not a preacher who, who talks about money a lot. I don't. Because I understand there is a reputation for many have been hurt and abused by the church and always just asking for funds. And you've been in here and you've heard me talk about funds twice today. And if you're a guest, welcome. Welcome to New Hope. My name is Jonathan. <laughs> So glad you're here, but I, I need you to know this isn't normal for us to talk about resources, but listen to me, but the Bible does talk about it, therefore I'm going to talk about it. And when it says here in Malachi 3 verse 8, who, uh, that we rob God by not being faithful in our tithes and contributions. Now some in here who know their theology are, will sit here and have a conversation and, uh, and, and will say that, hey, that tithing is an Old Testament command. We don't see tithing necessarily in the New Testament. Now, that's debatable, and we can debate that in a number of different ways. But let's say I give you that. Let's say that I just, I just for the sake of argument, I, I give you that assertion that, that this is because it's Malachi in the Old Testament that God's somehow changed that with Jesus in the New Testament. And so really, Old Testament um, tithe is not a challenge to us today, and so therefore it's not applicable to us today. Okay, let's look at the other commandments for a second. You shall not murder. Jesus says, but I say to you, if you have anger in your heart, you've already murdered someone. Did he lower the bar or raise the bar on, a, on how we care for others from Old Testament and New Testament? He raised the bar. Okay, you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus says to you, but I tell you, if you have lust for another one in your heart, you have already committed adultery. Did he lower the bar or raise the bar? He raised the bar. So if you want to say the Old Testament is no, that it's an Old Testament thing, what do you think what Jesus would do in the New Testament? He would raise the bar. Some of you are like, all right, let's go back to the Old Testament description of tithes and offerings, right? Actually, let's go back to that. The point is simply this, is that God does call us to give of the resource that he's given to him for his glory. And so I just want to encourage you that, hey, how we handle our tithes and offerings, for me, I, it, it, you may think it's legalistic, but I just, I just honestly think it's faithfulness. Like, I am, I am legalistic that tithe literally means 10% in my mind. So I, at minimum, our family is always going to give at least 10% back to kingdom work in the church and to other places because we really believe that, that this is part of God's economy and how he just encourages the church forward. And so I honestly think one of the ways we're not faithful with this is that we hold back on tithes and offerings. But let me wrap up 
And let me just kind of answer this last question, and then we'll be done. Why do people break this commandment? We, we talked about what the Old Testament says. We talked about the New Testament. We talked about ways that it happens. But I really want to ask the question, why does it happen? Why do we do this? A few ways that I think, or a few answers to that question. One, I think some people break this commandment because they fail to believe that God will provide for them. I think there's moments, and we sang it in a few of the lyrics, but oceans. There's this part of the song that just talks about that we can trust God no matter what, essentially. I don't remember the words because I'm not a words guy, and I'm definitely not about to sing it for you. But, <laughs> but, it, but it's, a, it's lyrics saying, hey, God, we're going to trust you. When, when it seems like the water is drowning us and the world is drowning us, we're going to trust you. And I think sometimes we steal because we don't trust God's providence. We don't trust that if we'll do what he says and be faithful and work and put our, now we can't be lazy, but when we work that God will provide, that God's put the resources around us to provide for us through the church and other means. And I think sometimes we steal because we go, if I don't steal this, I won't have what I need. And honestly, it's a challenge of a lack of faith in God saying, hey, don't steal and trust me. So some people, I think, step in and break this commandment because they fail to believe that God will provide for them. And that's a temptation. I'll just be honest. Second, some just do it out of greed and envy. It's just like, hey, I want that, and they take it. Third, some people do it because they place self over the community. that They don't see that impact that this has on the community, and so it's all about them instead of thinking about others. It's selfish and motive. And then fourthly, some people do it, uh, do this, break this commandment just because they want to do something illegal. I, I thought of this example specifically because this past week uh, I read uh, Augustine's Confessions. Augustine's with a third, or excuse me, uh, fourth and fifth century theologian. I would argue one of the top three theologians in church history. And he wrote a book, Confessions, and in uh, chapter two of his confessions, he tells the story as a teenager, he and his friends just went out to a neighbor who had a pear tree and just stole as many pears as they could. And he said, it's not because I thought they looked awesome. It's not because I wanted them. It was just simply because we wanted to take them. In fact, he says, I only took a couple of bites. We only took a couple bites, and then we took the rest and just threw them out. He said, we just took them because we wanted to. Now, the name of the book is Confessions, so he's confessing his sin. This is before he knew Christ, and so he's confessing these things and talking about that, but sometimes the bottom line is we just, there's, there's sin in our hearts, and therefore, because there's sin in our heart, we just, we just do things that dishonor God. I want to end with Matthew 15, 19. It says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Those are the second half of the Ten Commandments. It is out of our hearts. So the bottom line is, this is a heart problem. Thievery, adultery, you pick it. All of it is a heart problem, and we need God to change our hearts. The solution to thievery, the solution to the breaking of this commandment, the solution to the heart problem is what? The grace of God in Jesus Christ you know, it's interesting when I begin to think about Jesus and how he laid down his life for us, and I was specifically thinking about the moment when he was crucified, who was on either side of Jesus? Two thieves. Thieves. It was in that moment where Jesus, while he's dying for our sins so that we could have the forgiveness of our sins, one of the thieves responds in faith towards Jesus, asks for forgiveness and repents of his sins, and how does Jesus respond to him? When he says to Jesus, don't forget me when you come into your kingdom, 
And the changed thief, after saying that to Jesus, Jesus responded, today you will be with me in paradise. Church family, I want to encourage you, no matter how you have in the past been unfaithful to this eighth command, thou shalt not steal. I want to encourage you that, that Christ, if you turn to him in faith, forgives you of that sin and all other sins. And he changes your heart. Scripture says that he takes out the heart of stone and he puts in a heart of flesh, meaning he takes out that which is dead and he puts in that which is alive. And he gives us life and he gives us eternal life. And he calls us that as a response to that changed life that we now walk in faithfulness, thou shalt not steal. So I want to encourage you, might we be people in the workplace, might we be people in how we treat our neighbors, that we love our neighbors, we love our employees, even if we sometimes can't stand at moments people we work with, because that's, that's real, let's be honest. I had a conversation last night for hours with a, with a gentleman who was just struggling with a boss. And sometimes we struggle with these people, but yet we are still called to love them. Why? Because every person was created in the image of God. And I've already said it, but Psalms 8 says that every person was crowned with the glory of God made in his image. And so let us respond in faith by being faithful to this command, thou shalt shall not steal. And might we be with Jesus in paradise, just like the thief hanging next to Jesus on the cross. Let's pray. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is newhopeny.org. If you are in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 164-2 Gothels Avenue in Jamaica, Queens. We're praying for you and we hope to see you soon.